everyone, and welcome to the last ever Pink Bike Podcast for 2021. I'm Mike Levy, and we're not going anywhere. Robin still hasn't fired me, so the Pink Pod is definitely going to be back in 2022 with roughly the right amount of stupid. And depending on how motivated I am, we might even add maybe weekly-ish kind of regularly scheduled podcast, as well as some guests and all sorts of other stuff next year. So stay tuned for that. I should say maybe though, because I'm also pretty sure that I'm going to wake up January 1st and be the same procrastinating, stubborn, short-fused guy that I was when I went to bed way back in 2021. So the end of the year means different things to different people, of course. And if you're like me, it's just another night where you go to bed and then the next morning you wake up to go to Tim Hortons and get a six pack of Monster on the way home. But there are definitely people out there who use New Year to be a new person. They use that flipping the calendar as motivation to work on themselves. Casimir, I know that you get a gym membership every January to go bench pressing, but then obviously don't end up using it. So I'm just wondering, have you ever had a New Year's resolution that you've stuck to? Mm, I don't really make too many New Year's resolutions because that way I can't break them if I don't make them. It's much easier. Yeah, low expectations, like the under-promise, over-deliver thing. Yeah. So you've never been like, you know, it's the end of the year and you've thought, next year I'm going to eat really well or I'm going to go to the gym or I'm going to be a runner. I should probably do that. I ate so many cookies yesterday. There's some Christmas cookies that I found and I ate a lot. So I should probably make a not eat. 12 cookies at once resolution. Maybe that'll be my resolution. That does not sound like a good resolution. Cass. No, it Definitely doesn't seem not. fun. I'm no. gonna, yeah. So probably no resolution. No. Yeah. Either way though, I don't really make a ton, but I do like to have goals, like things I want to accomplish. They're more like do this next year rather than change my life and be a better person. Oh, well, that's, that's exactly my thing. Change my life and be a better person. Yeah. <laughs> that's just your one resolution every year. Yeah. yeah. Every year I try and it doesn't happen. <laughs> All right. Casimir and I aren't exactly festive dudes, but you know who is? We've got Sarah Moore back on the show to help keep things in balance. Sarah, do you do New Year's resolutions? Have you done New Year's resolutions in the past? I have definitely made lists of New Year's resolutions in the past and like really? many, many years in a row. Yeah. Lists, <laughs> lists in many years. Well, like a list per year, you know, not like yeah. multiple yeah. lists every year. <laughs> but multiple things on the list. So what, what are one or two of them non-bike related? Well, it's funny because, you know, like Kaz says, he doesn't make the goals, so he doesn't set himself up for failure. Failure. I feel like sometimes I set goals that maybe are kind of what I already do but I want to do more of. Yeah. <laughs> so for me, as everybody knows, I'm really good at like getting enough sleep, but I do always put that on my list because, you know, it's something <laughs> that amazing. I want to continue. <laughs> Sounds like That's be amazing. really friendly. <laughs> yeah. Be really friendly. <laughs> Although sometimes, you know, things like uh, floss more, wear more sunscreen, you know. You do like... <laughs> not put those on your list, do you? <laughs> well, yeah, those are things that you should, you should like have reminders once in a while to do those things, right? <laughs> Sarah, wait a minute. So it's it's the last day of the year. Yeah. 2015 or something, whatever. Yeah. You literally have a list that says floss more on it? Probably, yeah. Nice. <laughs> I love it. I could probably find all the lists. I've got like little books that I've written all these lists in for like years and years. Oh, yeah. That's amazing. Do you, do you check Stretch them off? Stretch more. Uh, yeah. Well, there's this thing called the habit tracker that I've never actually done before but sounds really cool where you like 
basically like fill in little boxes next time next to everything that you do people should google it because it's really hard to explain what it actually is but maybe i'll make a habit tracker this year and then you can track the things that you've done well so before we talk about bike stuff sarah i'm just curious so i have had new year's resolutions in the past and i'm sure that no one is going to be surprised to hear that they have not panned out so i'm just wondering sarah what resolutions have worked out for you? Have there been any that you've stuck to? Okay, so one of my resolutions last year was to try to make more different recipes, which I know you guys cook a lot. So. Yes, that's <laughs> why I do a lot of baking, actually, yes. Sarah. <laughs> so to, like, I feel like I just have my standard recipes that I always go to. So I was like, I want to try a new recipe once a week. So you're supposed to you know, set goals that are smart i don't remember specific measurable yeah yeah those things and so mostly i would say i tried a lot of new new recipes so yeah i didn't count 52 but i probably tried more than 52 new recipes last year so yeah we can check that one off (laughs) good job that's so many more recipes that's 53 more recipes than i tried (laughs) last year So you made a new thing. You're one of your resolutions, or one of your one of your things. Let's call let's just call them things, not things. resolutions. Resolutions puts too much pressure on us. I feel like <laughs> one of your things was to make a new recipe every week all year. Yeah, and yeah. you did it. Oh well, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. and sometimes well, I'll like update the resolutions like partway through the year if I'm like, oh yeah, I've kind of fallen <laughs> off the resolution track. So I'll, like. <laughs> Yeah, hey, I update mine too. Usually on January second when I stop doing it. Yeah, Sarah, Sarah's already won this podcast. She is the best resolution maker and keeper possibly in the world. I don't even know. Like, we there's can no call competition. Them goals if you guys are like against resolutions, but no, we can, yeah. either way, you're still winning. Yeah, I've definitely had some like be a better person resolutions in general. You know, like eat better and like exercise regularly. But those are so vague. How are you gonna like? <laughs> Do you think that's why they don't work? Well, maybe. Like, yeah. Like, be a better person. You could be like, well, I walked my dog for five extra minutes. So, like, she was really happy today. So, like. She was. I'm probably a better person. (laughs) But, like. (laughs) Do you have a secret for finishing all your goals? Okay. So, I don't actually finish all of the goals on my list. There's probably other things that. You finished more than one, which is more than Casimir and I. So. But yeah, writing them down and then, yeah, having goals that are not too vague, I guess, like things that you could actually check off parts of them if you've done them, you know, like doing yeah. something 52 times or doing something 12 times or yeah. once okay. a day or, but yeah, then you can't get crazy because yeah, when you join, like I'm going to do, I did a 30 days challenge recently and you had to like go outside for a walk or a run every day. And like, if oh, no. I did that all year round, that would be way too much <laughs> yeah sure so sure. yeah you have to i don't know find that balance for yourself right all right we're gonna keep that in mind when we get to that later on in the show we're gonna talk about our our things our goals our resolutions <laughs> maybe in a bit but first sarah is gonna tell us about the news over the last week take it away sarah Okay, so let's start with some industry news. DT Swiss has acquired Trick Stuff for an undisclosed fee and will take over the company on January 1st. Maybe that's their New Year's resolution. <laughs> so Trick Stuff is best known for its powerful brakes, but they also produce other small parts such as bottom brackets and adapters from its base in Germany. 
Trickstaff will remain operating as an independent brand with its own identity and products, but DT Swiss says it will help develop the brand going forward thanks to its expertise in business model development, IT infrastructure, supply chain management, and production optimization. Good news? Bad news? What do you think of DT Swiss and Trickstaff? I'm I'm surprised. I had no idea this was happening. I mean, DT Swiss wouldn't tell me, I guess. <laughs> so whatever. <laughs> but I mean, I always thought Trickstaff was like a very small niche sort of thing what's Kaz what do you think DT Swiss is going to do with them are they going to be DT Swiss breaks I think they're still going to stay trick stuff but hopefully with DT's larger size they can improve their lead times or their delivery times because I think right now it's 18 months if you want to get a set of trick stuff breaks they just got yeah they're pretty popular but they just can't deliver um, as quickly as people would like so hopefully with the resources from DT they can still stay basically trick stuff but then people will actually be able to buy them so maybe more readily available that'd be the goal I'd like to see happen Kaz, does Trick Stuff make anything else besides brakes? Uh, yeah, they make that hydraulic uh, gyro, so you can do your all your bar spins. And drill. Oh yeah, um, they have a few little other other things, but definitely brakes are their main, yeah, their their main product line. Yeah. In other news, Shimano has been granted Federal Communications Commission FCC approval for a wireless derailleur and control. This is the second FCC approval Shimano has been granted this year. There aren't really any details on what the product is at this point. What do you guys think Shimano's working on? Wireless something or other? It's hard to say. This one, <laughs> I mean, looking into it, it could be, as uh, James wrote in the article, it could be for GRX for their um, their gravel group because there's, some, there's something in there about dual control, which I don't think we'll see dual control levers come back for mountain biking. But My um, fingers are crossed, Kat. <laughs> that would be sweet, though. <laughs> I, know. I do Rapid have drive. some right here. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, I have some XTR dual control. Uh, Whoa. Um, yeah, but I mean... It, I think they're probably just covering the bases for whatever they have next, but uh, hopefully they have some cool wireless stuff coming. But yeah, I haven't seen anything. Kaz, didn't we see a patent thing from Shimano online that was like some sort of like semi-wireless thing? Yeah, they've had that before. And I think there was even a dropper post in there. Uh, it was yeah. yeah, it was like wireless, semi-wireless that went to one main battery. So you like your controls would be, wouldn't have wires going to a battery and then the battery would be wired to your derailleur or dropper, I think. Something yeah. like that. I can't exactly remember the details. So yeah, they're yeah, I mean, obviously they've got to be working on something to compete with SRAM. So maybe this means it's coming sooner than later. But again, with all the delays, there's there's no no saying when we'll see it. Yeah. DI two has been around forever now, so it's obviously time, but I think we both agree that DI two like functionally it, it works amazingly well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just that installation that we always talk shit about, the rat's nest of wires. So I would be surprised if this was entirely wireless. I expect some sort of like semi-wireless thing and but yeah be interesting we've also got the pink bike awards rolling out right now one of those is the innovation of the year maybe we'll see shimano on that next year uh we've got comeback of the year performance of the year video of the year and more up on the site right now including a new category breakout rider of the year we'll be announcing all the winners next week and we also have a couple of videos coming out for those of you who don't like reading through our multitude of articles uh, Christina and I did a video for all of the achievement awards, and then Levy, you and Henry filmed a couple of videos as well, right? Yeah, we did. We, we did. Yep. You had some pretty great outfits too. I had half an outfit. <laughs> <laughs> like, you'll have to wait and see that. But yeah, no, we filmed some videos and had some laughs, and yeah, it was good. Good. I I wish people people take the awards so seriously. People get pretty riled in the comments and stuff, and for us. Like, we're just calling out some things that we liked and, and pointing out stuff that we liked. And 
I wish people didn't get so angsty about it, Casimir. <laughs> I know. There's lots of complaining and whining sometimes, but maybe that could be the resolution for the commenters is be more positive. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it'll happen, though. Yeah. Awards are tough. Awards yeah, are that, tough. When, yeah. I mean, whenever you say there's something that's the best or a winner, if someone has a different product, they're going to say, well, no, I have this one. It has to be the best. It's mine. So. Yeah. yeah. And for the Achievement Awards, it's hard because it, sometimes we're trying to we don't want to have the same people across all categories, but sometimes we'll put somebody in the athlete category, but not the comeback, but then the comeback article comes out first. And so everybody's really angry that they're not in the comeback category. Yeah, exactly. And the other thing to mention too, is that these things are group decisions. So like as individuals, myself and Sarah and Casimir, we might agree or disagree with some of the winner choices or even some of the nominees, but like we argued about them quite a bit and, uh, this is sort of what we came up with, and it's this is also why we do our our individual editor best of lists at the end of the year, Kaz and Sarah, that kind of gives us a place to just say the stuff that we liked on our own, too, as well. So, yeah. Now we have to get into some racing rumors because there are a couple of big changes to come in 2022. Laurie Greenland is moving on from Mondraker after six years with the brand. He's delivered more podiums on a Mondraker than any other rider. We've been there for six years, Sarah, so that's not really fair. (laughs) Of course he has. (laughs) Oh, gosh. When you take the PR language and turn it into that, you're right. It is a long time. I don't know if there's any riders who have been with Mondraker for longer than six years. So that's probably why he's got so many podiums. But regardless, he has definitely been pretty successful on Mondraker. So, yeah, six years is a long time. Another big one, Luca Shaw is bidding farewell to the syndicate. He joined the team five years ago after previously riding Santa Cruz frames as part of the SRAM TLD setup. So this will be a big change for him. Do we know where he's going? I don't pay attention to these things. Uh, the rumor is Canyon, I think. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. But yeah, it's going to be interesting to see him on a different team. I really want Luca to start winning. He's been so close, and then he kind of drops off a bit or gets injured and then gets close. But I just feel like if, if he can like snap into that next little level, I don't know. He's so good. But he has a new team yet. could be all he needs. Do we know where Laurie's going to go? Um, we, uh, I don't know. If well, we, know we speculated sure. that maybe Laurie would go to the syndicate if Luca Shot was opening a spot on the syndicate. So to be determined, but we like yeah. speculating for sure. Uh, another long relationship that is coming to an end. Uh, Carson Sorch and Rocky Mountain, after six years, uh, are parting ways. And after a decade together, Connor Fearon is moving on from Kona. Short-term relationship, Florian Nikolai and Trek are parting ways. They were just together for two years. And the YT mob has just announced it will be taking a break for 2022. So here's to hoping that Dakota Norton, Dave Trumer, Oshino Callahan, and Guy Johnson land another team next season. Those are a lot of changes. Do you guys think this is Corona related? No. You mean YT's thing or just the number of riders moving around well yt but contracts being contracts being up obviously isn't but some people not being renewed maybe some people wanting something different i don't know lots of changes yeah i I wouldn't imagine i think it's just how the timing works you know like there's some years where everybody's in a two-year contract or four year and then they all kind of end up expiring the same year i think that's kind of what we're seeing this year is all these people just the end of their terms basically or maybe like brands were a little bit you know more gun shy last year about making big changes just with like uncertainty like last year the race season was like two months long and so yeah exactly who who was to tell like yeah what was going to happen with this season but 
Yeah, and you might have had people that just got their contract extended by one more year from last year where it would have expired. But then they're like, well, we didn't race, so let's do one more year and see what happens. So that could mm-hmm. be part of it as well. Yeah. Yeah, but definitely a lot more changes this year than there was last year, which is a whole lot more exciting. So Yeah. yeah. We should know most of the answers beginning of the year. Usually that's when everything gets announced. So those first few weeks of January, all the rumors will be become true. Yeah. Maybe. Although if all the supplies or like bike products are late sometimes the brand wants to get a photo shoot before they actually release the stuff so you know i feel like we might have some some later announcements just so that riders are actually getting on those bikes for their announcement videos in the midst of all the parting way stories we do have a couple riders that have actually confirmed who they will be riding with next season for all the xc fans out there i noticed that uh our top story of 2020 was actually related to cross-country mountain biking oh, shit. at the Olympics. That's just a sidebar. Nice. <laughs> but I was pretty stoked, guys. Who would have thought? Eh? <laughs> Who would have thought? <laughs> um, so Olympic silver medalist, World Cup overall winner, Matthias Flukiger. He'll be staying with Thomas for at least another three years. Because he's going to be chasing gold medal in Paris 2024. That's the brand that he's on. They make cross-country bikes. I have never heard of them. Casimir. Yeah, I never heard of Thomas either. I want a Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> Another confirmation that we've got is that Martin Mays has signed with Orbea after nine years with GT. That's a pretty long time. We should have had him at the uh, Pink Bike Academy. He could have got his Orbea contract that way. <laughs> I didn't know he was the if secret he pro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, there's no guarantees he would have got it though. Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, this week Pink Bike Academy coming to an end, so you will find out who yep. won that contract, yeah. which is pretty cool. All right, we're going to move on to questions. This one is from Zanda23. Kaz, he has a question here about the enduro. He says, if the old enduro was the bike of choice for everybody at the field test, so he's talking about the summer field test when we were we were brought the old enduro with us for a control bike and we talked a lot about how we liked it so much he says why is it due for improved he says in quotation marks geometry isn't the consensus that has gone too far if it ain't broken don't fix it and besides carbon reliability issues he hasn't heard a bad thing about the enduro basically he wants to know why does it need an update yeah there's always little things it doesn't mean they're going to make it you know, 500 feet long and a 50, it's not going to turn in the grim donut, but I think that the current enduro, it could get a little bit slacker and the steep to seat tube angle could get a little steeper, just little small tweaks. It wouldn't be massive changes. But if you look at that, the stump jumper Evo that we just reviewed in the uh, trail bike field test, you can actually make that bike slacker than the enduro with all those adjustments. So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe they add those adjustments over to the enduro, let people tweak it how they bike. And yeah, there's rooms for little tweaks there, even the suspension, I'm sure, you know, they've been having that that suspension design has been there for a while. There's probably some changes they could make. So yeah, it's obviously going to get updated at some point. That's just how, how things work, but I don't think that you'll see it turn into some, you know, I think geometry is reaching a, not its end point, but it's not going to get as extreme, but yeah, there's room, room to change that bike for sure. Yeah. I mean, we look at these product cycles that are, you know, two, three, sometimes four years long. And over that time, like over three years, a bike company, the engineers are learning stuff. It might be carbon manufacturing. It might be a different or better suspension design. And it might be just marketing crap sometimes, definitely. But I don't think it's out of line to assume that over three years, the company is learning something that they can apply to a revised bike that is better in some way, you know, even marginally better. 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you, even if you think of your own bike, if you just had one bike for three years, at some point during those three years, you're probably thinking, oh, I bet this would be, I would like this be, to be different. It's rare that there's ever a bike like, this is it forever. Nothing could be better. All right. Next question. This is from a pinker that I'm not going to pronounce his name because I probably can't, but he says, seriously, pink bike should move from Pemberton to the Great Plains of the Midwest to get a feeling of how 90% of the mountain biking world spends their days. Kaz, he says the Ghost Riot would have won. <laughs> yeah, I have heard this. And I, I do want to talk about these Midwest comments and the, the idea that we're riding on trails that aren't, that somehow we're in a bubble, the Pacific Northwest, Northwest bubble, which like I do get that we do, we are spoiled here. We do have a lot of purpose-built mountain bike trails. There's lots of berms, lots of nice jumps with actual landings and lots of great trails, but the terrain, it isn't all just super gnarly, steep, just North Shore, whatever you see in the video stuff. Like we're not out there with the Ombrelli riding crazy stuff every single day. Speak for yourself, Kaz. I know, besides you, that's part of your resolution. Yeah, like there's a, a variety of terrain. Like even where I live here, I can go on a, a pretty mellow ride that would be like anybody would think it's a mellow ride, no matter where you're from, with just rolling terrain, little short ups, short downs. So yeah, I think that there's this perception that it's very vastly different here than anywhere else in the world. And I kind of disagree with that. There are obviously trails that are way better and way different than you would find in other places, but. And just a lot the, more trails. Yeah. Period, I think is kind but of I think what, That's why we all live here. It's a really great mm-hmm. place that you can test kind of every single bike. So yeah, not to take anything away from the Midwest riding, there's good riding everywhere if you can find it. And if there's not, hopefully people are working on making it, but yeah, like we're testing these down country bikes on trails that anybody would be able to ride on a down country bike. Even if you've only ridden in the Midwest, it's not like we're doing crazy things. Yeah, exactly. And when we're testing these bikes, I don't know if I, I might just be speaking for myself here, Kaz, but when we're testing these bikes, like when I'm thinking about how a bike pedals, uh, maybe I'm pedaling up a road, maybe I'm pedaling up a trail, like the bike pe- doesn't pedal different because it's the Midwest. Like if it pedals shitty up the road and has a ton of bob when I'm out of the saddle jumping on the pedals, it's going to pedal like shit in Iowa as well, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, you know, we do we do travel to the desert a fair bit each year down in Sedona or wherever for some road bike testing. And, and that's different terrain than here. Obviously, it's vastly different than most of the world. But even there, you can, if a bike works in one spot, it usually works in the other. And we try to explain in the reviews you know, if, if something seems like it'd be more like region specific, but, but yeah, I don't know. Anybody that hasn't visited the Pacific Northwest, it's got a wide variety of riding. I will concede though. The one thing that I think we could do better at Kaz is maybe getting in types of bikes that appeal more to those people in those types of terrains. Like if we look at, we test a lot of enduro bikes, a lot of aggressive trail bikes, um, we, I mean, having said that, we just did a, not just, but we've done a cross country field test. We've did the down country thing. So we do test some shorter travel stuff, but I mean, yeah, there are, there are bikes that make more sense for them in the middle of the, of the continent that don't make as much sense for us that we don't test here. So I could, yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Kind of. But yeah, I'm not I mean, going there. <laughs> yeah. I don't, yeah. I just, I don't also, I would say that for the videos, we're filming the most exciting parts of the trails. You wouldn't want to watch a bike review video where everyone's just puttering around on mellow stuff. Like we're we're going on the cool stuff and making it look good because part of this is to keep people entertained. It's not, you know. So yeah, the visuals in all our reviews from Pemberton looked great because I mean the scenery is amazing there. But we did ride plenty of trails that probably weren't as exciting looking. They just weren't on. Yeah. And film them. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of the terrain that we ride on these bikes, like I don't know, it looks it looks amazing in the video, but. 
I mean, let's just talk about those downcountry bikes for another minute. Like those, we rode them on all sorts of rowdy trails too, but I mean, we tested them on trails that they're not in the Midwest. Of course, there's some rock rolls. Of course, it's rough and rooty and stuff like that, but it's it's nothing that is out of line. It's yeah, the right exactly. terrain it's, for the bike. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So yeah, um, yeah. I don't, and we I think in a couple of articles we mentioned the trails around. So if anybody wants to come check them out, they're they're there, open to the public. All right, let's move on to our discussion. New year, new you. It's probably not going to be a new me, but that doesn't mean we can't think about going in 2022 with at least some better intentions than how we're ending 2021, or maybe just have a plan about how we might do some shit better than we have been. We don't need to use the dumb R word. They don't have to be resolutions, right, Sarah? They could be goals. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) They could just be things we'd like. They're not resolutions, Sarah. (laughs) Things you aspire to. (laughs) Right. So I've got Casimir and Sarah here today, and I told them to show up with a bike-related thing or two that they want to do better next year, as well as a plan of how they're going to get that done. I also said that they had to come with some sort of challenge for 2022, Maybe it's a big bike race, maybe it's one specific jump, or maybe it's not even bike-related, but we're going to get to that later. Sarah, I want to talk to you first. What do you got on your list? What is the first thing on your list for 2022 that you want to do better? Got that I want to do more stretching and foam rolling on there. Yeah. Which I think everybody probably has on their list, so... Yeah. I get to start, so I thought I was going to be redundant by the same thing, same thing as you guys, but I get no. to steal no. both of your thunder. <laughs> I didn't have foam rolling on mine. You're safe. Yeah. Oh, okay. Foam rolling is definitely amazing. Yeah, Sarah. You know what's you know what's boring? Stretching. You know, I do it a lot. Well, there are. I, hold on. There are times when I do it a lot. You know, there are many month long periods where I I set a timer. I'll do it for an hour every day, but it is so boring. How do you how do you keep doing it? Do you have any tricks? Well, I'm putting it on the list, so <laughs> so you have to. <laughs> so it's set in stone. I'm gonna do it. Although it might have been on the list last year. I'd say I think the most important thing is like establishing a habit. Like yeah. that's the hardest part is if you have a habit. Like I think we were talking about recently. Like Cash just goes out for a ride, and it's not like you don't think about it. You just do it, and if you can make like put the thing into your routine like when I wake up I just go and do my 20 minutes of yoga Mm -hmm. and you don't have to think about it and be like oh well I could stay in bed for 10 minutes longer or I could just go and have my coffee or you know like if it's actually in your routine so I think that's the hardest part is actually establishing the habit and I have been reading a book called Atomic Habits it's really interesting if (laughs) people want to look into it more like how to actually establish a habit so that you don't have to think about it. Like you don't need to use willpower to be like, I should go and stretch. It's just like I have something none. that you do. So working on that. <laughs> yeah. All right. What's next on your list? Um, okay. So this is one that I know we were saying I'm really good at all these habits, but I haven't actually done this and I put it on my list two years ago. So I want to get more first aid training. I just need to like sign up for a course and do it. I've done a wilderness first aid, first aid course, but it was so long ago now that, and luckily I haven't really had to put it into practice. So I feel like it's skills that you kind of That's what I was forget. just going to ask you if you've ever had to like save anybody's arm or something out in the bush. <laughs> uh, 
I mean, I've definitely been with people and had scary crashes where you're like, oh, that was a close call. I'm glad they didn't get hurt more than they did because I haven't actually taken that course yet. But, I mean, there's some things that, you know, stay calm and make sure, make sure call 911. And I mean, I guess I was with Brian when he got hurt. I think that was what prompted me to put it on the list a couple of years ago. Yeah. <laughs> and then since then, I haven't actually been on a ride where somebody's got seriously injured, luckily, knock on wood. Kaz, I feel like Sarah would be a good person to have on a bike ride where somebody gets hurt. I feel like she would like in her bag, she's got a space blanket, a thing of gummy bears, <laughs> maybe some treats and things in there to help me feel better. Yeah, she would be good. I did buy a space blanket, a bunch of them the other day, Sarah, after you mentioned, it, I was like, oh yeah, because I was having my ski pack and I was like, it's pretty cold out when I'm biking. I was on a ride with a bunch of people and it was, I was like, if we had to stay out here for a while, I should probably have a space blanket. So now I have one. Do you carry a lighter or matches? Yeah, I got lighter. Yeah, yeah, just a little tiny one. Yeah, they're little tiny things, but they can make all the difference between hypothermia yeah, or especially not. in the like, winter. Yeah, yeah, it's cold out. You carry so much stuff, and you don't even think mm-hmm. about it. You're like, I got my puffy, I got a spare layer, I got extra mittens, I've got, you know, all this stuff. When you go ski touring, and then when you go biking, you're wearing way less clothes, and probably more likely, I don't know, to get stuck out there with an injury. Maybe. I don't Hopefully know. not. Hopefully yeah. not, yeah. <laughs> what about on the bike, Sarah? Do you have any on the bike resolutions or goals? Okay, so I was a little hesitant about putting this in here because I feel like everybody says that they can clear every single jump on A-line, but I can't clear every single jump on A-line. I know it's just repetition. I don't do enough days in the bike park. It's so close, but I'm always like, oh, it's a little bit too far. I go up to Whistler, so... I think that's my resolution. Ride the bike park more. Just do A-line laps because it is really fun. Whenever I do it, I get into it. <laughs> and then I don't go back for another like season. And I'm like, oh, I was getting, I was so close. I could almost do that one next to the GLC. <laughs> yeah. And then you could bring those skills into the, into your non-bike park days, obviously. Like that's, that's what I need to get into. I need to go start going back to the bike park more often. I agree with you, Sarah. Totally. Yeah. And I think like just sessioning things because I got my trials moto recently and it seems like in trials moto culture, at least the people who've been nice enough to let me uh, put along with them is they'll just like, like session things. And it's fun because, you know, there'll be a harder line or an easier line. So I can do the easier line and other people do the harder line. Yeah. And uh, I was like, I miss that with mountain biking. And I think bike park is really cool because it allows you to session things without pushing back up. And then also just on a regular ride, going to sessioning things. Yeah. I feel like, I don't know about you guys, but for me, like, I mean, I've been mountain bike for a long time now and my urge to session isn't as strong as it used to be. Like when I get on a bike now, I usually just want to keep moving, you know, and, and move on to the next thing. And Kaz, do you stop to session stuff much anymore? Not as much, but I'd say that the things we're riding are also different too. I mean, 10, 15 years ago, we were riding a lot more weird skinnies and stunts and kind of like one-off moves where now it's kind of I feel like my, my rides tend to be more trail rides where, if, you know, if there's something, an obstacle or a jump or something, if you look at it and you can hit it, you hit it, but otherwise you, you don't. So yeah, yeah I don't session as much, but I was saying before the podcast, we did go on a ride with a bunch of people the other day and we ended up sessioning weird stuff in the woods. There was a big like mud pit with logs over it and trying to see if you could get across without falling in the mud. So yeah, sessioning <laughs> is super good. I, I could, High I consequence mud yeah. sessioning. <laughs> and I think it helps having a group too. Sessioning stuff by yourself isn't quite as satisfying. It's more no. fun if you can heckle everybody and just kind of get, you know, that that's a good point. Going. Yeah. Yeah. 
that sessioning things it adds it can add so much to your riding as well too like you i mean it, it's obvious you see the same thing like you try it eight or nine times you eventually figure it out yeah. instead yeah. of just seeing it once you know it's yeah we're, it's back to that habit thing again right sarah just go out and do the thing yeah and just like that yeah. sense of satisfaction on a ride if you're like well i did the ride versus like oh i haven't actually been able to do that thing as nicely as i wanted to and then being able to get over the obstacle that's yeah i think here in bellingham we do have like we have a little jump line that every time i ride by i just do a lap or two and just keep going on my ride and it it does turn into almost like your habit oh i have to go hit these jumps no matter the conditions no matter how windy or whatever i did them the other night in the snow and that was a little weird because then the snow (laughs) comes at you like you're in hyperspace (laughs) oh weird (laughs) but yeah yeah i think it's good to get you know just get little practice loops going so Sarah, it sounds like a big part of your resolution list is riding improvement related, whether that's from sessioning or spending more time in the bike park. How do you plan, besides just doing more of it, how do you plan on on nailing all that stuff? You know, I did like one day of coaching last year on a whim, and it was actually really fun and it made me think about different things on the bike for you know the next couple of weeks after I Mm -hmm. did the coaching and so I think I would like to do a couple more coaching sessions who did you do coaching with uh it was a guy with Arbutus Roots in Whistler uh I think his name's Allie maybe yeah and yeah he was a great coach and uh, it was actually supposed to be a group of six and then so it was like not that expensive. And then it was like the day before the class was actually opening. And I was like, oh, there's nobody else in this group. I think I'm going to sign up for it. And sure enough, yes. I got a private lesson. Oh, nice. <laughs> Perfect. Bonus private so lesson. it was great. I think it was like $60 private lesson for two hours or something. So what, what kind of stuff deal. did he talk about? Um, I think it was just kind of like seeing the terrain differently and kind of you know, pumping through different things and then like looking at my cornering. So just kind of, yeah, little cues that now I can think of when I'm out on a ride, which was, uh, yeah, pretty fun. Yeah. Reminded you to stop inspecting your front tire as you're riding down the trail with your eyes. (laughs) Exactly. Kaz, have you ever done any coaching? Been Been coached? Uh, No, I I never have. Yeah. Would you get coached by somebody, Kaz? not opposed to it but i don't really you sound not, a little opposed i'm just not sure i don't have any specific goals of i think i've peaked i've reached my peak. <laughs> <laughs> well the the reason that i asked though is like i think for i think for some of us it's a matter of maybe swallowing our pride a little bit you know like kaz you and i we've been doing this for a long time we're both pretty handy at it I'm a little more handy than you, but we're both, you know, pretty good, pretty decent. <laughs> You're um, relatively proficient. <laughs> yeah. And I I would have to admit that for me to take coaching, that would be like something that I would I would want to do. But I think that I would also have to swallow my pride a little bit, Kaz. Well, I know a really good coach that I happen to live with. So you can just come down, leave. Oh, yeah. Set sure. up with some... <laughs> yeah. I've got a live-in coach, so I think I'm all right. But... <laughs> yeah. You don't need you don't need another coach. You're good. Yeah. You're Although, good. to be fair, I think something like if you are, you know, a really good rider and then you take your coaching accreditation, that can be a good way of like looking at other people's riding and then thinking about how to incorporate that into your own riding. I don't, I'm not actually a bike coach, but I did all my cross country ski coaching levels. And so that does teach you to be a better skier or biker because one, they're critiquing you in the course 
and then two you're looking at different people and saying oh like this is what you need to do or not um and then just getting little kind of like tricks and cues for things that you can teach people and use yourself yeah trying to explain how you do something is pretty hard until you until you figure it out you know if someone said all right teach this person how to do a bunny hop you're like oh you just do this but then we actually realize the steps you have to break it down into and what you're actually doing as you do a bunny hop it's yeah i've like read the little manuals and seen some of the coaching techniques they use and it's it's hard i, I don't think i would <laughs> yeah, actually i wouldn't want to be a coach <laughs> yeah it's it's different next time you come up here kaz i'll show you how to do a bunny hop okay let me know no but can you tell him how to <laughs> yeah, do you a have to teach me how. if he had <laughs> never done a bunny hop before that's, yeah, that's, that's, a, really, that's a, a really good question yeah, you can't just tell people no brakes, pull up, or just you'll be fine. Your bike knows what to do. It's, it doesn't. It's not work pull like up. That. It's like it's like pull back, just front end, and then you roll the wrists and like all those things. Yeah, there's a lot know? to it. Like just explaining it as you try, it's you're it's pretty tricky. So a good coach has that already yeah. in their brain, and they can just lay it out super easily. Where I'm sure we would stumble a bit trying to explain to someone how to do it. Can you just imagine me coaching some people on the trail, like just screaming no. at them? Yes. <laughs> pull up, you idiot! Pull up! Yeah, you'd be like the angry football coach, just going nuts on the Just team. go faster! <laughs> yeah. What's wrong with you? <laughs> All right, well, those sound like good goals, Sarah. I'll happily come with you to the bike park anytime because okay. A-Line Dirt Merchant Border's is my still favorite. open. We're good. I know. I only had a few days. That's, we'll get to my resolutions in a bit, but more bike park time is definitely on there. Um, how about you, Levy? What do you have on your list of non-resolutions? Uh, my first non-resolution that's definitely not a resolution and won't be a resolution is to be a more consistent rider. <laughs> I think, Kaz, I think you know, I can be pretty hot cold with bikes sometimes, especially when there's lots going on with work, like field test stuff happening, and I'm super prone to overdoing it. So for me, I feel like if I'm more consistent, especially in the first half of the year, I will still enjoy riding more in the latter half of the year, you know? Yeah, I just think, like, I'm not complaining. It's amazing what we get to do, but it's just a lot of bikes sometimes, you know? It's our life's, our entire life is fucking bikes. It's great. But I think that that's definitely a factor sometimes in me, you know, later on in the year being like, ugh, about it. How much of it do you think is going to a field test burns you out and how much of it do you think is it gets you out of your routine because you're just used to going and ride at the same time and then you go on a field test and you're like ah now I'm tired and I didn't eat the right food and I didn't do my stretching and everything's out of order and I'm just gonna sleep for the next two weeks I need my yeah, monster yeah Sarah <laughs> it's funny that you say that so I'm I am a massive creature of habit and when I get knocked out of that habit then I, I do, I, I, yeah, I struggle and I'm like, I'm just going to eat all the crap and, you know, not do the things. The field test too. So actually perfect example, 2021, I rode my balls off for the first half of the year, tons of riding through the late winter, fall and summer. And then we went to the field test in Sun Peaks and I popped like after that field test, I didn't touch a bike for a while. I, I'll admit that for sure. I lost some enthusiasm. Yeah. Those e-bikes, those e-bikes cracked you. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, Kat. It's just a lot of bikes. You know, we're talking about bikes. And I think one of the things for me is, man, I've been riding lots of different bikes for a long time. And sometimes I just want to ride my own bike and I want to go on the ride that I want to do, you know, which I guarantee you isn't the ride for the field test. <laughs> but maybe these like big hard rides aren't the thing that Mike Levy needs to be doing to love rides either. Maybe the rides well, that you tend to gravitate to then 
also burn you out. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's the thing. I had a period uh, just a little bit before we went to Sun Peaks for that summer field test where there was a few weeks when it was like, it was crazy hot. It was like, yeah, it was like 35 to 40 degrees. I was out doing ridiculous rides. There was at one point, Sarah, I <laughs> was at a gas station in Brackendale. It's like 10 minutes from home. I'm almost home. <laughs> and it's flat. It's mostly downhill, actually. To get yeah, to yeah, yeah. And I'm at a gas station in Brackendale. I'm wearing... Like the tightest, scantliest amount of lycra you can imagine. And I'm laying on my back in this parking lot in the gas station, pouring Coke on myself to cool down. Uh. And like, I could go in and get water. Like, something is wrong, you know? I wish I had driven by right then. Something something is wrong. I spent 45 minutes sitting, laying down there. You know, that was, yeah, that wasn't good. And then I went to Sun Peaks like two days after that. And we did this field test thing and I had my gravel bike there and like, you know, I, I had this like 160 kilometer ride planned with like nine grand of climbing and I got halfway through it. And like, I was, I remember looking at my computer and I was putting out like a hundred Watts and I like, I physically, I couldn't do anymore. And you know, I popped like after that, like I haven't been the same since to be honest with you. So anyways, <laughs> more, more you actually like your brain like heated up and like, it might have melted. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think that I need to be more consistent. And to do that, I need to plan ahead more and think about my year more. And I might love riding so much, but that doesn't mean I need to do like 10,000 kilometers every week all the time. <laughs> so yeah, that's less bikes is one of my goals. Yeah. So you're going to do what's less? You're going to be like, okay, I'm going to do a certain number of hours every day no no well i get really into kilometers you're gonna limit how do we make this a a, you know an achievable goal here (laughs) here we go levy wants to do less riding okay (laughs) great goal (laughs) you're already doing no riding at all (laughs) then you're gonna go 100 miles an hour as soon as the snow melts (laughs) well that's exactly it sarah so that's exactly it so like when this snow goes away and it warms up or actually even before that Usually what I would do is I would set up my Zwift and I would start training my dick off. Like, yeah. Nobody I, else I love does it. three or four hours on Zwift. That's, <laughs> ouch, painful. Yeah, I love it. I love training, like regardless of, of riding, like it's almost a separate thing. Like I love exercising, you know? <laughs> and I think what happens is I take it too far and I obviously burn out. So for me, my plan, Sarah, because you've made it clear I need a plan <laughs> My plan is to is to just take it easy in the winter, in the spring, concentrate on just going out and having fun. That leads into my next non-resolution, get back to hitting some bigger jumps and drops. Do you think that you can get better at jumping by playing the video game? If you play the video game with you in it, will that make Leap and Levy? <laughs> it makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to be out by the time this podcast comes out. I think it comes out Thursday. Yeah. Oh yeah, it'll yeah. be out. Or maybe yeah. at some point. If you're if it hasn't come out yet, it's a this is a special sneak peek. There might be a video game of starring Leap and Levy. And the Grim Donut. <laughs> <laughs> Henry actually Henry is on this kick where he is trying to get back into doing some bigger jumps and drops. And he's been super motivating that way. I've seen some videos of him hitting some stuff. His name is Huck and Henry, by the way. I will say that the winter is a hard time to get those leaping and hucking goals accomplished. 
for me, I find yeah. that it's a lot easier to get that stuff ramped up in the spring, like when the bike park opens and you can go because wintertime sending is harder, the ice and the snow and the things. But, but yeah, yeah. I'm, well, I'm going to go away, Kaz. Oh, yeah. I think I'm going to go away in, in January for a little while. Where are you going? I feel like I need to ask you instead of tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I was thinking, I, you know, I want to go somewhere and just ride my bike, but I don't want to think about like having to find trails. So I might just go to Sedona. I mean, that's probably fine. Sedona's good. There's not much hucking there, but you can no, hit the little isn't. bike park. <laughs> There's some big, they, they got some jamps and some dorps in the bike park. That sounds uh, like a good idea. Yeah. And then you'll burn yourself out come February. Yeah, you'll be burned out just in time for the next field test in February <laughs> in Arizona. Uh, <laughs> but at least well, you'll be Hopefully warm. that one is in the desert too, so. It is. It's in Tucson. Oh, my Great. question. So uh, what bike are you going to be using? Is this a downcountry bike? You're going to get really good at figure drops and jumps on? Are you actually no. gonna? No, no, definitely not. What's your jump bike then? What do you have? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I've still got that enduro here with the flight attendant, and I really like how that thing pedals, Kaz, as you know. Yeah. <laughs> Kaz just rolled aside and get a shake. But I mean, it's 170. That's the perfect bike for me to to get back. I need I need some. I need a little bit of room for air, you know, and. These stupid downcountry bikes, they definitely, the newer ones provide that, but not as much as 170 millimeters of travel is going to save my ass. So there yeah. we go. Well, not, once you get all your jumping in and you're going to have your fitness, are we going to do some enduro racing? Should we race Whistler? Me versus well, you? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. So I have my last thing on my list of goals for 2022 is to do some sort of racing. I don't know what kind that is. I do love cross country racing, but I think I need to change it up and I got to do something else. I've raced lots of downhill. I've raced some enduro. So this is perfect. You're going to be Levy 3.0, 4.0. Enduro I don't know. What are we yeah, on? Come on, yeah. Enduro Levy. That's what enduro doing. Levy. He's going to be Enduro Levy. I like this. Yeah. There, there used to be Leap and Levy way back in the day. And yeah. then it went to Down Country Levy. And yeah. then yeah. there was Gravel Levy for a little bit. I mean, these I are all skills that make you a really good enduro racer. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll find out. So those are mine for 2022, Kaz. But I want to hear about what you got cooking for next year. What are you What are you doing on the bike? What are you going to get better at? Uh, one thing I do want to do is start getting more downhill bike time in. The last two seasons, just because of the border closure and stuff, without bike parks around, there's not really downhill bikes. Just aren't as fun for me. Like I like lift serve. I don't like shuttling a ton. I'd rather ride the lift for my downhill laps. So more downhill bike testing and riding. I'm sort of surprised because you do have all these awesome enduro bikes. And I know that even the most capable enduro bike isn't a downhill bike. But where – I guess you're going to come to Whistler. Exactly. Like That's the reason I haven't <laughs> been testing many downhill bikes yeah. around here because it's so much easier for me to test enduro bikes where I could just pedal them up. We've got some good rowdy stuff for the enduro bikes here. But, you know, finding buddies to go shuttle and all that is kind of a, a pain sometimes. So, um, But now that Whistler is open again and hopefully stays open next year definitely want to get some more downhill bikes because i like testing at least a couple every year because there isn't nothing compares to downhill bike yeah what's the last downhill bike that you owned well i haven't owned one in a while but i usually keep one each year it just as kind of like a long term right the last one that i remember liking a ton was that uh santa cruz v10 that bike oh, was yeah. just so good yeah and then what else did I, I think that same season i had that the newer scott gambler which weighed nothing it was like 34 pounds so yeah um, yeah. yeah but i'm sure there'll be some new stuff coming out this year so hopefully we can and get some more downhill bike laps in. Do you have a downhill bike or two on your list that you'd like to try? Is there anything that you'd like to get that's out um, already? 
to the, not out yet, but that comments all that everybody was that newer comments all that hasn't come out yet that they were on the World Cup. That looks interesting. I'd like to try that. Mm-hmm. I liked the, the I think I tested the, the original Supreme or not original, but one of the earlier ones. So it's been a couple generations since I've been on one. And I'd like to try whatever this new thing that they're cooking up is. Do you have buddies that you shuttle with on downhill bikes? Uh, I can. I can find buddies to do that. Like right now, I mean, lately, all of us have been on enduro bikes usually just because, again, yeah, well, the that's, border closed. Yeah, that's why and, I ask. Yeah, most of us pedal now. And I'd say e-bikes have kind of taken over a little bit too. Like I know you hate e-bikes, but that's actually one of my, brings me to one of my resolutions is to go e-biking with you. I want you to see the weird stuff we're riding and see how it can be fun, different sport than mountain biking. I like that. That's a good resolution. Yeah. I have yeah. I have a question. Mm-hmm. Before we talk about e-bikes, you have one bike in your garage would you rather it be a downhill bike or an e-bike? Hey, that's hard. I, I feel like it depends where you I feel like it. since I used to put a dropper post and a wide range, wider range cassette and stuff on the downhill bike, I would just go downhill bike and yes. make that thing go. It'd be back to yes. 2006 again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dig out the Titex scoper. Uh-huh. Yeah, I can make that work. <laughs> yeah. I'd go, I'd go e-riding with you, Cass. Even though it's not mountain biking, I would definitely go e-riding with yeah. you. Yeah, it's pretty fun. Yeah. It might help you I with your- I don't hate them. I know. You shouldn't tell people I hate them. I definitely don't hate them. I didn't say you hate them. You literally said, I know you hate them. <laughs> <laughs> well, you make it seem like you hate them a lot. But I think it'd be fun to go out and we could go do weird things because that's what they're for is doing weird things. Um, yeah. So other resolutions. And maybe that'll help leave you not get burned out if you have a motor exactly. for some of the riding that you're doing and you're sessioning things with your motor. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I have other things with motors I use that I like better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Those are fun too. My van's not as fun to do things no. in. <laughs> Kaz, did you have ride more e-bikes on your list you said no not ride more e-bikes it was just ride e-bikes with levy was on my list oh yeah. okay yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah what is your ideal e-bike ride with me where would you take me uh we just have some weird technical trails that are kind of pretty obscure deep in the woods with some weird moto they're usually moto trails kind of strange uphill things just weird moves they don't you wouldn't be able to ride them on a regular mountain bike without walking a lot of it so yeah. it's just kind of fun to mess around and see what you can do the town where i'm from my home mountain has a ton of motor trails that we we like riding and they're so hard you can't ride all of them on a normal non-motorized bike but i could definitely see that yeah yeah fun. we can go up there so yeah there's that what else you got kaz do you want to do some racing this year not a ton but i didn't I haven't raced other than we have some little local kind of weeknight races during the summer so i did a couple of those and those were fun but i'd like to do at least a one or two decent sized enduro races so Maybe that Whistler EWS 100 or East Coast too. I'd like to get to the East Coast because I grew up there and I haven't ridden there in it's been like 20 years now. So they've got two stops for the EWS this year. So it might be fun to try to get out and do one of those and visit some places. I think both of us doing it in Enduro would be fun. I think both of us doing a cross country would be fun. We could do both. And then the average time or somehow there, some way we figure out who's the best. Yeah. There's work to be done, but yeah, a little bit of racing. And then that's most of my goals, kind of normal stuff, but uh, yeah, definitely visiting the East coast to ride bikes in some way would be cool. Are you going to, are you going to train for that racing Kaz? Not Is that really. a challenge for 2022 racing? Uh, no, it's not really. Well, I mean, I would make sure that I was in good shape for them, but it's hard to train and test bikes kind of like, cause the field tests come in and they throw you for a loop and just kind of getting a structured training program just doesn't really work. So I would just make sure I had enough miles in and then maybe the month or two before I try to 
sprint a couple I'll, times and be good. <laughs> I'll send you my training plan, Kaz. You'll hate yeah, bikes exactly. by summer. <laughs> yeah, guaranteed to yeah, burn you out real quick. Before. I was like, Levi, you need a coach that's like makes you accountable not to do too much. <laughs> yeah, I've had coaches. They don't know anything. I just do my own thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah. the problem. <laughs> yeah. Coach doesn't know me as well as I know myself. Oh, me. What, yeah. <laughs> what do you mean I'm not supposed to do intervals in January? <laughs> <laughs> all right that is enough for goals that we may or may not accomplish let's go to comment gold now all three of these were on the article that james smirthwaite put together where you tried to identify the bikes by their silhouette kaz did you look at that uh i knew it existed i didn't i didn't do it though okay never yeah. mind sarah did you look at that I looked at the thumbnail. Yeah. Uh-huh. There was four okay, bikes. Okay, never mind. You guys, I was going to ask you guys if you recognized all the bikes, but never mind. <laughs> Anyways, we have three comment golds from that article. The first one is from Aboino. He says, I can guess the availability. Third quarter of 2022. He's probably right. <laughs> yeah, he's, that's, I'd say that's accurate. Dizzy Ninja. He says, remember when you could get a 2018 and 2017? Now it's a 2022 and 2023. Also might be accurate. And you might be getting yeah. it from the buy and sell. Not new. <laughs> and finally, we got a Jorda. He says, I got all of them down to the score, which he thought was a Shimano part number. That's the 6040 ST. Henry was moaning about that one. The name 40, of that bike. ST. So. Oh, shit. Yeah, it's hard to remember. <laughs> Whatever. It's just a bunch yeah. of numbers. numbers. <laughs> so I should also mention that going up next week, we have the top comments of 2021. There's a whole bunch of gold in there. Uh, I'll let you guys guess what article the topest top comment on, but you probably won't be surprised. All right, that is it. Kaz, can you believe this is episode 99? Our 100th episode is probably going to be the first Pink Bike podcast of 2022. It's almost like I planned it like that, eh, Kaz? I know, look at that. It's crazy. <laughs> I didn't. It just happened to work out that <laughs> yeah. way, but it's pretty good. Yeah. I think it's crazy that we're already here. It only seems like a few weeks ago, Kaz and Sarah, Brian was telling me that I had to start a podcast, and I was saying, mm, I don't really want to. But we're here 99 episodes later, and I'd like to think that a few of them were pretty good. I have a couple favorites, actually, that I'm going to recommend you guys listen to. Maybe you want to wrap your year up with this. My favorite one is that two-part chat I did with RC. We talked about bikes for like half of one episode. The rest of the time, the most interesting man in the mountain bike industry had a ton of stories from the Moonlander to mountain bike action to pink bike. So if you want to hear RC, 67 and 71 were the episodes. I'm also pretty stoked about that chat with Greg Menard, guys. Episode 86, talking about getting chased by a giraffe. He also spoke about how, even though he's one of the greatest downhill racers of all time, he talked about being a nervous first-year junior who struggled in the mud. That was amazing. Episode 86. The last one was one of our recent ones, episode 93 with Henry, Kaz, and Sarah. We talked about motivation, preventing burnout, eventually trash-talked social media for about half the show. I think it's fine to spend a lot of our time talking tech and bikes and stuff. That's surface-level stuff, though, a lot of times. So I thought it was great to have a more genuine chat about stuff that might matter a little bit more, you know? 
So those are my three favorites. One last thing before we wrap up episode 99 and wrap it up for the year. I think episode 100 is going to be a giant Q&A thing. So I'm going to try and get a bunch of people on from Pinkbike, a bunch of tech editors, maybe some video guys. But that means that I need all of your questions. They could be tech questions, but they certainly don't need to be. If you want to know what Kaz does for the one hour per day that he isn't riding or working, ask. You got a question for the video team? Definitely put it in there. Maybe you got some mushroom advice for Henry. I don't know. Put those questions in there and we're going to do that for episode 100. All right, Pinkers, that is it for 99 and that's it for 2021. Thanks for listening to us blabber about bikes. Thanks for all the comments and we'll see you next year. 